الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Over the past few weeks we've been talking about various uh, aspects of the traveling the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and um, we've discussed it from many different angles uh, for example and in particular last week we spoke about how traveling on this path is very different than the travels that we partake um, in the life of this world in that usually when we travel in this world we like to travel in groups we like to travel with friends or family and um, that makes the journey enjoyable and helps us to maximize on the time that we spend in a journey uh, however this journey is different although there is a component in which we can travel with our friends and which we can travel with our family and we call that the congregational aspect of our of our journey so there is juma prayer there is the gathering in arafa there is the congregational five prayers in the masjid at the same time there's a major component of this journey which requires solitude there's a major component of this journey which requires solitude which basically means that we have to face ourselves we have to be able to understand the animal and the monster within us we have to appreciate it accept it recognize it unfortunately sometimes face it and then and only then can we eliminate it and that is part of the journey it requires that you be alone or we be alone and that we take time and that we isolate ourselves so that we can hear what we are saying we can see what we are when we're with a group it's very hard to do there's a lot of noise there's joking there's laughing there's talking there's distraction when we are with a group we look at many things and we see many things but it's hard to reflect on ourselves but when we were alone and we spend time with ourselves then we learn who we are we see ourselves for what we really are we hear who we are we hear what our heart says and that is essential in this journey until we recognize who we are we can never change how can you change something that we don't understand what it is to begin with any person will tell you that if you want to make a change you have to first understand the, what the thing is that you're changing for example if you buy a piece of land and you want to alter the dimensions of that land in order to build something different you have to study the land first when we were uh, making the plans for the masjid the new masjid that we're constructing we purchased a piece of land we didn't just purchase a piece of land and all of a sudden you make a building then they studied that land why do you have to study the land you're putting you're getting rid of what's on that land that's actually the reason you have to study that land you want to make a change so you have to study the land what are the dimensions of the land what are the characteristics of the land what is the soil condition of the land 
And they would have, they would dig deep, deep, deep into the ground, pick out little uh, samples of soil and study what is underneath that land. Then based on that, they would say, this is what the changes we can make. This is the changes that we cannot make. So for us as well, if we don't recognize and face our own weaknesses, if we don't give silence so that we can actually hear who we are, if we're always talking and we never listen, how can we ever understand who we are? How can we know that I, am, have, I have a problem speaking too much, I have a problem exaggerating, I have a problem lying, I have a problem deceiving, I have a problem cheating, until there's silence in which we can hear ourselves doing those things. If we're always talking, we're always texting, we're always distracted, then that whole self-diagnosis disappears. We don't even know that there's a problem because there's so much noise. It's when, when there's silence that a person then begins to recognize the smallest vibration that exists somewhere. You know, if it's very loud all the time, you don't know if the fan is making a noise or not. Or maybe the, you know, the blower is making a noise. But when it's totally silent, then you can begin to hear all these things. So silence is required to be able to pick up on the subtleties of what's actually happening. But there's no silence in this world anymore. Even when there's silence, there's still noise. It's just amazing. Even times of silence have become full of noise. Even if the person's absolutely silent in a corner, they're still typing away on the, on the screen. Even that silence has become full of noise. A person's in the car, they feel like they have to be listening to something constantly. It's either the news, or it's some song, or it's some story, or it's some, um, maybe they put on some, some Islamic thing, whatever it might be. But people are so used to noise that if it's quiet, they can't take it anymore. But actually, this path is the opposite. It requires us to be alone and to silence all of that noise from the outside, no matter what it is. We don't need to hear what people have to say about the world. We don't need to hear what people have to say. And people say, I have to listen to this talk and that talk and this talk. And I'm not saying that it's, you shouldn't benefit yourselves. From, we, or we shouldn't benefit ourselves from talks. But if it's constant, then it's just a noise as well. This path requires some degree of silence. It requires some degree of solitude. It requires some degree of an individual sitting, isolated, and reflecting on themselves. Now, the pinnacle of that occurs in Itikaf. You know, people go for Itikaf, they spend 10 days in the masjid. I mean, the idea was, at the time of Rasulullah, that even that would be silent. That would be particularly silent, actually. You know, in this day and age, even the Itikaf, we've had to bring up the volume so that people feel comfortable otherwise they won't come if I saw everybody sit quietly in a corner no one's going to come you have to have to create noise and you have to show people that there's some excitement then they show up that's just the world that we live in unfortunately the reality is is that this path for any person that desires to pursue it requires some degree of silence and solitude and that is embedded already in the deen we don't have to add it it's already embedded in the deen as I mentioned you know, waking up in the middle of the night and praying, it's an opportunity for silence and solitude. It's an opportunity for silence and solitude. And some of the greatest progress that the people on this path make occurs at that time. Some of the greatest progress that the people on this path make occurs at 2 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, 3 in the morning. Why? Because there's absolute silence at that time. The vast majority of creation is asleep at that time. And then a person begins to hear 
what their needs are. They begin to recognize what their weaknesses are. They begin to see themselves for who they truly are. That's when a person then turns to their Lord. If everyone thinks everything's fine, then why would we turn to our Lord? It's in that desperation when we begin to recognize how weak we are and how limited we are that we can powerfully turn towards Allah. So that should be very, very clear. Now, that was last week's discussion. Just summarizing to bring everybody up to speed. The next angle that I want to mention concerning this path is that in the, on this path, because it's a journey, it's scenic. And as a person makes this journey, they will experience certain things along the way. Those things that they experience are secondary to the journey. That's one important point. And those things that they experience are not contingent on progress in the journey. So, for example, let me just highlight this one at a time. You are making a trip to the Grand Canyon, right? So you drive from Chicago to the Grand Canyon. So as a person drives from Chicago to the Grand Canyon, the goal is to reach the Grand Canyon, right? If that's the purpose of the journey, you, you leave the house, you say, I want to go to the Grand Canyon. I will go to the Grand Canyon. These are the things that I'm going to see and do at the Grand Canyon. However, as a secondary effect of that journey, as a secondary consequence of that journey, as a person gets in the car and begins to travel, they're going to see different things. They're going to travel and they're going to see the flatlands of the Midwest. They're going to travel and they're going to see certain, certain, you know, beautiful scenery as they drive through the various states. And as they get to the Grand Canyon, slowly, they'll begin to experience those things that are, that are a byproduct of that. They'll begin to experience some aspects of the Grand Canyon, even as they begin to approach the Grand Canyon. There'll be some very, very beautiful scenic uh, roads that they'll drive on that will be, be reminiscent of, of what they're about to approach, but maybe at a lower level. But in every case, an important angle to that is that those are secondary and not the goal. They are merely a consequence of the journey. And this is really important in the science of salut. So what happens is a person begins to make a journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? They have a combination of solitude and they have a, con- a, solid, a combination of solitude and congregation. They're regularly and consistently putting fuel in the tank, which is another component. Maybe we'll talk about it another day. They're moving forward, they're progressing, and eventually they're beginning to make their journey. Now, as the journey is pro- progressing, there will be certain consequences. For example, a person may experience A or feel B or uh, develop C or whatever it might be. However, those that angle of the journey and all those effects are merely secondary. They are not the goal of the journey. So, for example, a person can begin to progress on this journey and they begin to feel peace in their heart or they begin to feel um, a certain feeling about the, the progress that they've made or they may feel elevated. But that is never the goal. That is merely a consequence of what they are progressing towards. So, for example, if I feel peace in my heart as I make the journey and then all of a sudden the peace in my heart disappears during part of the journey, then the complaint never should be, how come I'm not feeling peace in my heart anymore? 
Instead, what we should recognize is that that peace in the heart was a consequence of the journey. It was a consequence of part of the journey. It is not the defining feature of the journey. It may, may or may not be present at different times for different people throughout their journeys. And this is a very big point of confusion, and it leads people to astray. Because look, if you're traveling towards the Grand Canyon, and all of a sudden halfway you begin, you see something beautiful, and you say, wow, this is really, really beautiful, you stop the car and you, you, you spend the rest of your vacation there, then you have left the path that you were on despite the fact that you thought that that was beautiful and you deviated from that and missed out on the thing that was even greater, which was the Grand Canyon. So it becomes a responsibility of the teacher or the guide to say what? As the person is progressing, the guide or the teacher reminds the student that this is not the Grand Canyon. We are not aiming for this. We should ignore this, keep going further. Ignore this, keep going further. It's like you're driving, 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 and then you're, you're going to the Grand Canyon. Your friend went last week, all right? As you're driving, you stop. You see the most amazing, beautiful, scenic sight on the, on the way, and you stop and you say, maybe we should just stop here. Forget the Grand Canyon. This looks good. So you pick up the phone and you call your friend, and your friend says, no, 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 man. That's nothing. That's not the Grand Canyon. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. But wait till you get to the Grand Canyon. That's actually the real purpose. That's actually going to be the unique part of your journey. You haven't seen the Grand Canyon before. You don't know this thing halfway along the way. This is not the goal. This is just a mere, uh, distraction. It's beautiful, but it's a distraction. That's exactly the role that the teacher or the guide plays. As a person is progressing, they sometimes say, well, I'm experiencing this, I'm experiencing that, this is happening, that's happening. And the reminder is, don't, don't, don't get caught up in the current of that feeling. Don't think that somehow because you're experiencing that feeling that you're done and you can relax. There's much, much more, but you need to travel past this point. And that is the benefit of having a teacher and a guide because they've traveled that path and now they're guiding somebody on on that path as well. So that's one aspect of, of, of understanding the experiences on this journey. Now beyond that, the second thing that you should realize is that when you make a journey, sometimes it's day and sometimes it's night. Sometimes it's day and sometimes it's night. So what does that mean? If you're driving to the Grand Canyon during the day, you're looking out the window and you say, wow, ooh, ah, look at all this, all right? But then when it becomes night, you can't see any of that. In fact, it's usually pitch dark because usually in those places of the country, they don't even put lights. I remember I was in Phoenix over winter break and there was a really bad rainstorm and we were driving back from, from Sedona to Phoenix. Sedona is like one of the most beautiful places that you can go to in, 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 in the United States. And I was driving back from Sedona to Phoenix and then there was this rainstorm and we were driving back and nobody's on the road because nobody leaves Sedona at night. We left at night. People usually leave during the day. Nobody leaves at night because they know there's not much light. And they also know that, the, you know, the scenic drive, you lose it. And as we were driving back, there was no lights. And I was, I had such a hard time driving back because there were no lights. And I was thinking, how can anybody drive on this? On top of it, it's raining. I'm, I have the high beams on. I'm trying to follow trucks or cars that are bigger because I don't know anything about those roads. But I couldn't see a thing. It was totally pitch dark, even though outside was the most beautiful, some of the most beautiful things that you could look at. Because I remember the drive up, I remember just my eyes were totally wide open as we were driving up. I was like, wow, this is such a unique drive. And it's known to be a unique drive. So the path is very similar. There's beautiful things that, that a person experiences on this path. 
many, many, many unique things that a person experiences as they make the journey towards Allah. It's part of the, it's part of the journey and it's described and known. However, there will be day and there will be night. So what does that mean? That means at some parts of the journey, a person may experience and be on a spiritual high, may have experiences that place this person on a spiritual high. But at the same time, there will be other parts of the journey where it will be pitch dark. Pitch dark means that you're no experience, no feeling, almost as if there's no progress. I mean, when you're driving at night, you don't even feel like you're going anywhere, really. You don't even know how, where are you going. You don't feel like that progress is being made. But it doesn't matter because a consistent effort, meaning a consistent foot on the pedal and constant refueling of the gas tank, a person will be progressing. They are progressing, but they can't see it sometimes. So because we know, right, just as part of our description of this journey, because we know as part of our description of this journey that there is day and there is night, then as there is day and as there is night, each person will experience different things at different times and they are not contingent upon the person that's next to you because the person that's next to you is traveling on a different part of the path at a different phase in their life. So for example, sometimes say that, sometimes people say, well, I'm traveling on this journey, but I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. So the answer is, so what? Why? You have to feel something every single moment of the journey? It's not, it's not designed that way. So that, so why is that important to know? Because people who don't feel anything, then they feel desperation. Then they feel like they should quit. Then they feel like they're, like they're not making progress. But in the end, progress is being made if the person is being consistent. It's not that, oh, I must not be doing my dhikr right. I, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not want me to get near, near to him, which is just an absurd thought. But this is the type of the thing that shaitan plants in the mind of the person that's traveling along this path that, Oh, I'm not progressing. Oh, Allah doesn't want me to become near to him. Oh, I'm not as special as my neighbor who appears to be progressing. Look at all the tears coming down his eyes and my heart is as hard as a rock. Okay? So, each person is different. Each person is in a different phase of their journey. Each person experiences a different the journey differently. And the sign of progress is not the experience of what you see out the window. It's getting eventually to the goal. So how do you know that you're getting to the goal? The person that's getting to the goal begins to appreciate the foundation of what the what the goal is, which is a person sees that the sunnah comes into their life. They see that the sharia, or the, 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 the things that please Allah become pleasing to them, and the things that displease Allah become displeasing to them. The person begins to see that the akhirah becomes less, becomes more important and the dunya becomes less important. These are the signs that a person has made progress on the path. And we all need to see that. We all need to see the signpost that Phoenix 100 miles away, Phoenix 50 miles away, Phoenix 20 miles away. Yes, that's necessary. Even in the night, that's necessary for a person to know that they're on the right path. However, it's not necessary that a person is going to feel A, a person is going to feel B, a person is going to have these deep spiritual experiences. Everyone is different. Everyone's traveling at a different phase, at a different time, on a different part of the path. Now, Beyond that, there's another angle to this journey, which is that just as when a person makes a journey, they may have a window seat or they may have an aisle seat, and the experience is very different depending on whether you have a window seat or an aisle seat. In the same way, on this journey, people will have a window seat or an aisle seat. Some people have a window seat, which means that they see a lot. Some people have an aisle seat, which means that they see less. Some people switch in the middle of the journey. Everyone is different. But what we have to appreciate is that our journey is our own. It's not dependent on what is around us. 
because my friend Zayd is experiencing A, B, and C, I don't, I may not necessarily experience A, B, and C. And where Zayd ends up may be very different where I, than where I end up. Because each person's destination may be different as well. So this is a very important part of the piece of this path. I'll tell you one of the most common questions that people will ask. How come I'm not feeling anything? How come uh, two years ago I felt so much and today I'm not feeling anything? There's a lot of reasons why people don't feel anything. One reason is because of the nature of the journey. There's other reasons, which maybe we'll discuss on another day. But one major reason is because of the nature of the journey. There's a window seat, there's an aisle seat, and sometimes that changes. There's day travel and there's night travel, and sometimes that changes. And so each of these features of the journey have to be taken into account. It's not our responsibility to say, because I'm not feeling anything, I quit. In fact, it's actually a problem to complain that we're not feeling anything. Because if you're complaining that you're not feeling anything, then what you're saying is the journey is not worth traveling unless I can see what's going on on the outside. But I would argue the other way. I would say it's not about what you see on the outside. It's about reaching the destination. The, what makes the journey worth traveling is not the travel, but actually the destination. And what's the destination? Allah. The destination is Allah. It is not our goal to, be, to, to seek anything other than Allah. I'll tell you, our Mashaikh, they have a very interesting take on the progress that occurs on the path. When a, when a Salik is traveling on the path and has experiences, we slap their face away from the experiences and back towards the goal. The, the, the face is turned away from the experiences back towards the goal because the experiences are distracting. So for example, um, some of the Mashayakh, you'll read their writings and they talk about students will be writing letters to them and they say that, I wanted to update you on my progress. As I've been doing my dhikr, I've had an elated feeling and tears dropping down my, uh, my cheek. So what do the Mashayakh write back? Put a lid on it. Put a lid on it. Why? Put a lid on it means don't turn your way, don't turn your attention away. Put a lid on it, let the steam build up and let the steam cook. Because you know, when you put a lid on something, then it cooks, right? The steam is trapped with the heat, the heat and the steam is trapped within the compartment in which you put the lid on. So we actually, the, the, the statement that actually arises from our teachers is put a lid on it. That's not the goal. Don't be focusing on the fact that tears are coming down your eye or that you're feeling some elated feeling because then you will go towards that. And when you go towards that, invariably you will leave the path of the journey that you were supposed to be on and end up pursuing something that is not the goal. The goal is Allah. And the sign that a person is approaching Allah is that the sunnah becomes beloved to them and that those things that are pleasing to Allah become pleasing to them. Those things that are displeasing to Allah become displeasing to them and they begin to value the, 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 the permanent abode that Allah has created and begin to devalue the low life that Allah has provided for us in this world. The lower life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided for us in this world. This is a place that is a test. It is a, it is a breeding ground for the akhirah. And the person begins to appreciate that and begins to live their life accordingly. So this is a whole other angle of the, of the journey. And this is something that we should appreciate. It's a commonly asked question. We are not seeking feelings. We are seeking Allah. 
And the sign of progress is not feelings. It is doing the things that please Allah. And if a person makes feelings the goal of this path, then they will create a new path. And you will look through our history and you will see that many people on this path have created deviations from this path because they were seeking the feeling instead of Allah. It's a very common problem. And it's something that we should be extremely aware of. In this day and age, I mean, maybe the problem is less because people don't have those feelings. We live in a time in which feelings have been dampened because of the fact that silence doesn't exist and distractions are so common. Regardless, it's very important for us to define the journey before we take it and to understand the phases of the journey as we're going through them. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who are always focused like a laser on the end goal of becoming and approach of becoming near to and approaching our Lord. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among among those who for whom the sunnah is beloved and we ask that he make us among those who for whom the akhirah is the end goal and the dunya is appreciated for what it truly is. Wa akhirat da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin.